Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters, and welcome to the show. It is Sunday, February 15th. Uh, that means the day after Valentine's Day, sisters. Ooh, another one down, right? I'm joined by my sister Sheila Dolan in South Pasadena, California. You survived the big exciting holiday? Still single. <laughs> that was Great. my line, Sheila. Still single. So Monica Dolan in Portland, Oregon. You're okay. You're just confirming. Still single. Still single. Nothing happened. Okay. <laughs> Nothing okay. happened. <laughs> okay. Me too. This is Liz Dolan, Santa Monica. Still single. Uh, we do have a big show for you today. Many of our show topics just happen to be about love. We do kind of have a Valentine's Day wrap up, what we each did. And then we have uh, Monica breaking political scandal in Oregon. Your governor is resigning. But it's like a love scandal, right? Yeah, it's just a little a... bit of a love scandal. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to fill you in on what happened. Okay. Actually. Then we have, uh, I have, um, I, I don't think any of the Satellite Sisters have rushed out yet to see Fifty Shades of Grey. Anyone? Anyone? But oh. I do have some reviews that I've read online. But we're going to challenge the Satellite Sisterhood, you the listeners, to post your own reviews of Fifty Shades of Grey on our Facebook <coughs> group. Because uh, we know you went to see it and we want to know what you really thought. Then we have a couple of big events coming up uh, in the course of the week. We'll feel, fill you in on that. Julie is not here today because... Her granddaughter, Josephine, was being christened yesterday in New York City. So she was in Urban Nana, made a trip back to New York for that. And Leanne is not here today because she's super busy celebrating the fact that yesterday her son's robotic team qualified for the World Championship, sisters. Did you hear this? Uh, uh, Really? They're going to the worlds, right? Somehow, you, if you go and you win at the California State Championships, there is no U.S. championship. You go directly <laughs> to the World Championship, which conveniently is in Kentucky. So, oh, I like that. Yes, so I guess that covers the uh, the United States and the world. So, uh, bravo to Colin and his uh, team of geeks. They managed to pull it out. Uh, yesterday at the state championships and they're they're going to the worlds so um so somebody had a good day yesterday colin did uh but for us uh for the rest of us on valentine's day sheila um how'd you spend the day i'm just curious well it's it's really how i spent the week because valentine's is a huge celebration at my school so not only was my classroom decorated for two weeks oh. with with Valentine's hearts, flowers, mini mailboxes. I mean, we had pillows. We had the most incredible. We won. We won the award. If the, if an award could be given out for Valentine's decorations, uh, my classroom would have won. Oh, nice, nice. <clears throat> so that was really fun. And I mean, speaking of, I received. 23 valentine's cards i don't know about you guys well um, that's 22 more than i <laughs> you got one yeah a woman at work sent everyone about a really cute valentine which made me happy oh that's nice i mean my valentines were written by eight-year-olds but i'll take it okay <laughs> at this so third point graders are very sentimental that way 
And I was, I was really, I was really touched by a couple of uh, Valentines. Um, and it's, it's so funny because your perception of yourself is everything, right? So when I received a card saying, you know, dear Miss Dolan, you are the best teacher in the world. A lot of kids say that. And I love that. And then the second line was, you are so patient with us. <laughs> really? And I mean, that could be an acknowledgement that the class is, is hard that, you know, that could just be admitting we are, we are really noisy sometimes, or it's just, it's just interesting that that's how they see me. Yeah. Good for you (laughs) for pulling that off. And, um, then my second favorite Valentine was from a young boy who I just refer to as the minimal man because he sort of does the minimal, um, (laughs) And he knows it, and he's incredibly funny. But his Valentine sentiment to me was, Happy V-Day, Miss Dolan. <laughs> Minimal. Sure. Now, I mean, I knew what he meant. I guess he, he knew what he meant, but he's the type of kid that would, when he grows up, he's going to give his wife one rose, you know, and just say, <laughs> hey, another year, you know, that kind of thing. <clears throat> So, um, yeah, the actual Valentine's Day is a hard one for me. So what I did tried to do is, is sort of um, do things for myself, you know, love myself. Good for as, you. Yes. You're so good at that. Yeah, I am good at that. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, so, girls, I had $50. I had a $50 gift certificate left from Christmas to Nordstrom. So I thought, what better way to spend Valentine's than to go to the mall uh-huh. and, um, and spend it on myself. And um, I knew I needed new makeup. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm obsessed with Bobby Brown. So basically, Bobby Brown was my boyfriend for the entire day <laughs> because, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, $50, and I was going to get an entire new palette. That, oh, it, yeah, oh, that's not going to get you that far in this day and age. I mean, Bobby, she tries to do things that you really need, but still 50 isn't going to get you that far. Exactly. So um, I was wandering around the mall and first, I mean, I spent so much more than $50. It's it's really, it's it's. I, I can't even speak about what I bought, but <laughs> the first thing I bought was a pair of shoes because I thought at my age, Really, I think at this point, no one should have to see my feet. Like in under, like strappy sandals are out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found a lovely pair of comfort, comfort flats, um, on sale. That kind of, it's a kind of shoe that encases your entire foot, but still looks summery, if, if you know what I mean. Uh huh. So I just picked those up right away. And, and the $50 plus so much more, gone, gone. <laughs> Gone. But that didn't stop you? It did not stop me because, uh, well, let me ask you guys, how long has it been since you bought makeup? I mean, everything. A while, right? Four or five years? No. I try to do it like once a year, maybe a little bit, maybe every year and a half. Just because things get all beat up, you know, the cases start to crack, the things, the inside of your makeup case just gets filthy. So throw it all away every 18 months or so. Oh, really? I I have Mac from like 1989. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so I'm somewhere in between you two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, when you go for the full metal jacket. So here's the thing. You, you go to Bobby Brown now. Most makeup counters like MAC, they say it's $50 for the makeover, and then you have to buy the products. At Bobby Brown, it's just they dupe you, and they say, oh, no, it's it's nothing. You just have to buy products. So the makeup lesson is free. Uh huh. The makeup lesson. And, you know, Bobby Brown is really into lessons. Yeah. How, how to put on your makeup for a fresh new look. So I had a great makeup artist who's, okay, by the way, I came after the pool. My hair was basically tied up in a wet rag. <laughs> I, I had the stupidest outfit on I've ever put on. I had a dress with a shirt over it. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of pants underneath i had like a long legging and a scarf i looked ridiculous and she actually was so sweet she said so do you have anything on right now i was like are you kidding me <laughs> i am red blotchy and overtired so uh-huh. um really really great gal her name was Mooney, and she was from Morocco. And what I liked about her was she was our age. Oh, nice. And she's working it. She's like, okay, you looking for something? I said, I'm looking for everything right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much everything and anything. She goes, sit down, sit down. She said, are you going someplace special this evening? I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, no. She said, but let's pretend. Yes, Mooney. Oh, that's yes. exactly what you need her to say. I love her. Let's pretend. Uh, and then I just, I don't know. I said, do, or, do you have someone special? She said, are you kidding me? No. She said, no, I have a dog. And I said, you know what? I, I, I relate to that. So um, even though I don't even have a dog. But anyway, um, okay. So she started with the foundation, Monica, and basically it's stick foundation all the way. Oh, that's new for you. That's a new thing. And I said, she's like, do you do stick or liquid? I said, liquid. She goes, liquid makes you look old. I said, let's do stick. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first I've heard of that. Uh, yeah. That liquid makes you look old. Okay. I, so she basically during the lesson, she, she, she basically everything I believed about makeup, um, is gone now. So I go stick foundation. Of course, you have to buy a special brush to apply the stick foundation. Um, and then, oh, primer, primer, <laughs> primer, primer. You need primer for your face. And the key is primer for your eyes. All right. So but primer is different than foundation. Right. Primer is before the foundation. Oh, it's the glue, okay. Liz. It's it the built glue. in all the stuff and you the makeup sticks to the primer. Uh-huh. Yes, okay. so the primer layer that I okay. never get into, but well, you know what? It looks I mean, primer for your eyes. I I skipped the I she said, "Do you need primer?" I said, "No, I have primer at home." I lied. But when I when I saw the transformation of the primer on the eyelid, I was completely sold. I mean, basically you're putting white, it's a layer of white brightener on your eyelid that it, 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 it completely changed. Uh, she said 10 years younger, 10 years younger. So everything. She's every- got all the moves this movie. She knows every- exactly what to say. Everything she put on me lives after every 
application, she said, this is a must-have. <laughs> oh, and you bought it. It's like a uh, sinker. Yeah, the, the um, eyebrow, uh, it's basically an eyebrow glue. She oh, said, God. It's like a hairspray. Hair, you don't need that. Hairspray. She said, this is a must-have. <laughs> <laughs> she convinced me I have beautiful brows and I don't need a brow pencil, but I need the, the wand that glues it together. Okay, so basic. She said, then she got out the palette for the eyes. I said, no shimmer. She could who told you that? <laughs> she got very upset with me. I said, a makeup artist years ago, she said, none of us. I meant us, the sisters. None of us could use shimmer because it makes you look old. She said, you watch and then you tell me. <laughs> wow. So this now it's like a little bit of shades of gray yeah. dominance yeah. in she, the makeup she's lesson. She's a buster too. <laughs> she's a total myth buster. She's a brow beating me, pun intended. Um, and her palette, what she did was, I mean, it's, it's un- gone are the days of the cream eyeshadow, the dark, the green pencil, which I was told years ago, you have green eyes, you use a green pencil, gone, gone, gone. So I have, I have everything new. I have, uh, a brightening blush. It's called the Brick. Have you seen it? It's many sh- fifty shades of of blush. It's fifty <laughs> shades of blush, which you're supposed to put on with a feathery brush, so you don't get a lot of too much pigment. Uh huh. So mean, you had another new brush. <laughs> this is a must. This is a must have. This special brush. This is a must have. Are said, you going out and getting a second job this week? <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. Have I know. You, have you done your taxes? Does no, she I have taxes for you? No, no, she she doesn't. She no. It was it was very upsetting at the end. But here's the thing. <laughs> no, here's, here's the big anticlimax. I, I look fabulous. I went to the checkout counter. It was it was insanity. I mean, all the products. So then my debit card won't go through because of suspicious activity. Of course, my bank won't let me charge it. Because it was basically too much money. Um, not because I didn't have the money. Uh-huh. Because they stop you. I don't know if your bank does that. My bank has not done. Monica, do you get stopped oh, by bank, your bank? bank is your bank disciplining you in any way? No. No. Okay. So I ended up very anticlimactical writing a check for all of this. Um, and then Mooney very clandestinely took my bag. She said, come, I, you forgot that uh, mascara. And so she takes me back and she, she, I, I'll just say it. She gave me some free products and we're, we're talking free products. We're not talking about samples. She gave me some stuff. It's what I'm wow. saying. She gave me some full size stuff. Now, interestingly enough, the testers are full size, but what you buy is getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> Um, so that was it. My date with Bobby Brown, Mooney, she was fantastic. I have a whole new palette and I'm dying to try it out this for your sisters. I'm trying to see what you, what you think. Um, and so I was really, I I just felt really good, really good and really broke after that. (laughs) Happy Valentine's day to me. 
Happy Valentine's. And speaking of love, um, you know, I was, uh, I had the week off, so I finally got back to the news, something I never get to uh, watch or see or keep track of. As you know, I don't really know what's going on in the world, but I was surprised because I've been, I've been following this story for years that Amanda Knox, the American student that who was tried and convicted for murder is now engaged to be married. Yes, even Amanda Knox can find love, but the Satellite Sisters cannot. Okay? 27 years old. She was tried and convicted of stabbing um, her roommate in Perugia, Italy, 47 times, is now engaged to a friend that she met in high school in Seattle. Uh, uh Uh-huh. That's right. I know you're thinking she's kind of a high-risk fiancé. I mean, many people obviously feel like she didn't really do it, but you're convinced. Oh, I'm I'm convinced she did it. I mean, I know she did it. Um, I wasn't there, but I know she did it. Um, Here's the thing. You guys tell me all the time that I picked the wrong person. How about this dude? (laughs) In Seattle. I mean, I, I just want to say, do not give them a knife set for their wedding <laughs> gift. Do, do not go out. Okay, and, good tip. Right? I mean, seriously. Uh, okay. Everybody deserves a second chance. So, good to, Amanda Knox, just, you know, obviously this man can see beyond the murder conviction. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, that takes the cake. I mean, if, if you're single on Valentine's, and Amanda Knox gets engaged. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what yes, you're saying. Yes. The world is... <laughs> yeah, it. Yep. Yeah. Heartbreak. Totally the, got you. The world is topsy-turvy. So just, um, again, a final note on love. You know I love the wedding announcements in the New York Times. I know you do. Okay, so here's a trend. I'll just name... Okay, I'm not going to make fun of this couple, but the names are a little interesting. I'm going to name this couple. They're gorgeous both very successful, of course. Her name is Dr. Heather Emma April Hume. So that's that's like three names too many. I, I mean, why don't we just call her Dr. Hume? Because she's a major, major doctor, Monica. And her fiancé's name is Dr. <laughs> no, I can't make Dr. Jonathan Zagzag. <laughs> Zagzag. And if my name was Zagzag... I would just change it to zigzag. <laughs> <laughs> or Hume, maybe, at this point. <laughs> that, that's, you know, people are thinking zigzag. And, and in fact, when I saw the announcement, I said, oh, his name is zigzag. That's kind of nice. Um, okay, so here's the thing. This is the trend, Monica. Not only did this couple meet in radiology class, but two other wedding announcements are for radiologists. So what's going on in the radiology room? Is there something, should I become a late, late, late bloomer and go get my MD in radiology? That is so interesting. Let me tell you what goes on in radiology. So radiology rooms are are pitch black. So Mm. all the lights are off in the radiology Mm. reading rooms Mm. because there's one the neuroradiology reading room is right across the hall from my office. So they're reading all of these films, you know, CAT scans, MRIs that come up on these screens, but all of the lights are off. 
Uh-huh. Yes. Encouraging a certain it's romance, you're thinking? Yeah. There's no lights on in the radiology reading room. So I can see how things might get heated up in there. It's dark. It's like a cave in there. <laughs> and they're just sitting in there in the dark reading all of the radiology films and then writing up their reports. So, Oh, okay. I got so, it now. Turn the lights off. You know, I mean, uh, yes, I know it's very romantic in there, obviously. Now, just another Bobby Brown makeup <laughs> radiology reading room, Sheila. Uh, right. You wouldn't need a full face of makeup if, if you had just the x-ray lights illuminating. Yeah, uh, it's very flattering, I think. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me ask you a quick question. Dr. Okay, Dr. Hume, uh, the girl with the three names, she is a medical a third year fellow and Dr. Zigzag is a surgical resident. What is the difference between a fellow and a resident? Okay, good, 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 good question. So after you graduate from medical school, you do your internship and then you do a residency in your specialty. After your residency, which might be one year, it might be five years, the next step is that you become a fellow. And so you're usually a fellow for one year. And after you finish your fellowship, uh, you become a full-fledged attending physician, you know, okay. in, in charge of things. So uh, it goes residency, then fellowship. That's why she has the three names, I think. She's higher on the she's higher in the medical profession than he is. She just has more of everything than he does. And who needs more names when your name is Zagzag? I mean, you don't really need any more names. That's it. Okay, interesting. Radiology. Okay, uh, I wish them well. I we we wish them well. So that's it for me, post Valentine wrap up. New face, same body. And by the way, just a tip, that old foundation that you used to use, I bought a matte foundation at, of course, Rite Aid. It can be used, it doubles as leg makeup because I know that. You just, I think you should have your own podcast, just makeup by Sheila. Let's just call it more places to put makeup. (laughs) Why am I putting makeup on my legs? Because your legs show signs of aging, and mine were absolutely... That's what pants are for. No, but I was wearing that dress with the shirt over it, and I said, even though my hair is wet, i got to cover my legs. So I just took that matte makeup and smeared it. My legs look fabulous. Did you buy a separate brush for that? (laughs) Separate brush? A paint brush. A leg brush. (laughs) (laughs) I should just put a drop cloth down and just just start <laughs> pouring makeup all over my body. Whew. Okay. Okay. Thank you for thank you for reporting back on your findings, Sheila. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh gosh, my Valentine's Day. Well, you know, it wasn't all bad. I was with a friend. <laughs> it was sunny, and we went out for ice cream and had this like super deluxe ice cream. Uh, I, it was something like latte, caramel, crunch, toffee, surprise. And I just took one bite of that and said, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, I, was, I was pretty happy about that. But, Sheila, speaking of the New York Times, I don't know if you read the Modern Love column. It's really great. It is great. Short essays about love. So there was 
a modern love column a couple of weeks ago about this woman who was looking for love and she decided to try this quiz. So this psychologist did a study. His name is Arthur Aaron and he wanted to see if couples could deepen their intimacy by, or even between two strangers by asking these 36 questions, provocative questions sitting together and you're supposed to in this exercise ask the questions and at the end of all of this talking together sit quietly for four minutes and stare into each other's eyes (laughs) oh god okay all right but the surprising thing is so since this column came out uh, there's an app for it, people, too. You can get an app with the 36 questions. But since the column came out, a lot of people have found love using this 36-question quiz. So here are some of the questions. So mm. it starts uh, pretty simple, and then the questions get sort of deeper as the quiz goes on. So, like, in the first group of questions, one of the questions is um, – what would constitute a perfect day for you? And then each partner responds or before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? And why do you do that? Of course, does that. Okay. Yeah. So I like this one. You're supposed to take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. In four minutes. In four minutes. Okay, I have a question. Where do you get the partner? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Liz, you ask because this is sort of spurred. There are now groups that you can join. Uh, Sure, they have them somewhere on Montana Avenue (laughs) or in close proximity. So people reported on going to sort of these 36 question parties. It was a, a speed dating type scenario. Okay, got it. Using these questions. Okay, now the questions get a little bit deeper. Um, What is your most treasured memory? What is your most terrible memory? And then if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? And what haven't you told them yet? Um, So these are the kind of questions they are provocative uh i wish i had someone to go through the questions with yeah sheila (laughs) i i mean i you know i could i could see i mean these are the important questions i think uh i mean really endless dating can be it definitely can be speeded up to the point where i like like tell your whole life story in four minutes yeah, I, I like that because it usually tells takes me months, and by that time I realize I don't like him anymore. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If this could just be the format for every date, where you just start start at number one and work your way through, and at any point on the list, if you feel like you should just get up and leave, just do that. Right, yeah. right. But if yeah, you make I mean, it to thirty six, you're good. And you want to know his life story quickly because. Obviously, they wait. They wait to let you know what really happened <laughs> till months later, right? You want to know all the grisly details. Yeah, like that's going to get edited out in the four-minute version anyway. 
<laughs> well, I, you know, if you're Amanda Knox and sitting down, <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess this is just a short thing, but this, this friend of mine, very young girl uh, that I used to work with, she was on Tinder. You know what that is? The yes. app where you just Tinder, you just click through and swipe yes or no, whatever. I don't understand how it works. But anyways, so she went on like a date with the Tinder guy and she said they went to this sort of club and they were waiting in line. They had to get it waiting in line at the bar to sit down. They got a drink. They were talking and he said he had to go to the bathroom and he never came back. (gasps) Oh, are you kidding? No. Well, you guys, I just have to go to the men's room. And so she was just left like she'd only met the guy like three minutes before. (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, you know, that's what you get on Tinder. Yeah. It's all quick, the quick thing. So uh, she said, you know, she felt like a fool standing around for five minutes. And then she's like, or 10 minutes. And she's like, well, I guess he's not coming back. And so (laughs) that is awful. I I mean, really, couldn't you just say, hey, I got to go and leave? Like, why? Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) No, but this is the real world. I mean, women do it all the time. You know, I've I've been. Have you done this to anyone? Oh, I've done drive-bys where I was supposed to meet the man, the match.com and, or whatever I, and I saw him on the street corner. I just kept driving because okay. he's 20 years older than his picture. And do you assume <laughs> that men have also done that to you? Um, no one's ever done it to me. I think I look pretty good. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, the guy with the parrot on his shoulder, I should have kept walking yeah. uh, when I him coming towards me. Right. You don't even need to get to question number one if a man has no. a parrot on his shoulder. That's a good rule. Um, Monica, so I, I, so there's a 36-question meetup somewhere? Uh, yes. I think, yeah. Look look at the story in the New York Times about okay. the Modern Love column. And I think part of it was people that went to a meetup to do this exercise together. Yeah, I just looked at it in the app store, Sheila. There are a bunch of apps in the app store that I'm sure can hook you up. So well, would you would you ever do it, Liz? No. Well, <laughs> Liz, that's about the amount of time you have in your life. Four minutes, Liz. The four minutes to stare into his eyes after the questions are over. I'd have to review all of the questions. It, it, I, it's, it's an interesting uh, – I'd have to review. The thing is, you could pre-rehearse your answers, like you're right. pre-rehearsing your telephone conversations. Yes. Um, but, you know. Uh, but the nature I, of it is it's supposed to be more spontaneous than that. Right. Got And a conversation. Anything else, Monica? No, no, nothing else. Oh, no, I have to tell you about our governor. Okay, so you guys, we had some big news last week here. Our governor, John Kitzhaber, he resigned on Friday. Um, it was pretty shocking. I mean, it was pretty tumultuous week. There were rumors he was going to resign. He finally just resigned on Friday. And now the woman who is the secretary of state has taken over as the governor. So what happened is I got to uh, say, Monica, I'm so shocked. I know I don't live in Oregon anymore, but just, this just doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would happen in Oregon. And he's just such a long time, solid citizen, like folksy emergency room doctor turned politician. I just wouldn't have pegged him for scandal. 
Yeah, very well liked. And this was his fourth term as governor. So very popular governor, uh, real Oregonian, uh, very sort of even keeled, really very popular. So what happened was um, he lots of questions started to emerge after he was elected in the fall about his fiance. Her name is Sylvia Hayes. And she's sort of unofficially the first lady of Oregon. I mean, she lives with him in the governor's mansion. They've been a couple for a few years, but she is a clean energy consultant. And uh, that's what she was when they met. So there's all these investigations about whether the governor steered government contracts to her consulting business. And so now the Department of Justice and the FBI are investigating whether uh, she they both acted inappropriately because she was sort of acting as a policy advisor to the governor. Mm-hmm. Yet she's been paid something like two hundred thousand dollars since the beginning of the year to her personal businesses. Um, and then there was this messy situation where right after he was elected, He didn't know this, but she admitted that she had been part of a sham marriage in (laughs) 77. Oh, wow. So she married an Ethiopian immigrant for money. She was poor and, you know, he wanted a green card. He paid her 5,000 bucks. That's illegal. Uh, Oh, that's illegal? (laughs) Yeah, that's illegal. Um, And the governor didn't know anything about that. Um, This is not something that comes up in the 36 questions, apparently. (laughs) Have you ever been in a sham marriage for cash? (laughs) Yeah, for 5,000 bucks. So things were just, there was a lot of uh, rumors and investigations swirling around them. And, you know, Kitz Hubbard didn't disclose he had any, like, conflicts of interest Uh, to the ethics committee about his income or assets. And the whole thing just started to just kind of swirl out of control. Uh, They clearly, they did something, well, not clearly, but there's a question whether his relationship with her business and her acting sort of as sort of a government worker and controlling a lot of people, whether this was unethical and whether it was illegal. And, you know, I have to say, I think he took the high road by resigning right away. You know, I think he uh, knew that there was going to be trouble and he wanted this, my feeling that he wanted the state of Oregon just to move on and, he didn't want his the next two years to be mired in all of these investigations and conflicts. It was a pretty people were pretty sad, you know, that mm-hmm. he was a great a good man, you know, a devoted, you know, citizen of Oregon, tried to do the right thing, was kind of brought brought down by the fiance. You know, so, you know, reading between the lines, I was out of the country all week, and it was when I came back on Friday that all of a sudden this was in the news, and I really, I couldn't believe it. So I was reading a lot of the, the stories in the Oregonian and the Washington Post and the New York Times, and some people are treating it just like a good man brought down by a bad woman, like he just lost his head right. over this woman. Love, you know, steered government contracts her way. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Or he was just in criminal cahoots with her. 
Right. Which would be another way to look at it <laughs> in either way. Okay. So, so you have a new governor. Congrats. Yeah. So we have a new governor. <laughs> Things are moving on. It's sad though. You know, it's, it, you know, it's, I think it's sad for me and sad for a lot of Oregonians. He was really well respected and he did something wrong. Mm. And so, so is he single now? <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> Sheila, you'd like Kitsy. He's like he's he's like uh, blue jeans. <laughs> what is he like? Blue jeans, cowboy boots, salt yep. and pepper hair, mm. kind of rustic yet doctor. You know, you could meet him in a you know radiology room, and something might spark. With- I like that. I like salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah, a lot of salt and pepper. Yeah, so we're moving on. It was all fast. Uh, oh man. Okay, very interesting. Well, uh, speaking of uh, fascinating love stories, of course, the number one movie in America this weekend is uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, not Fifty Shades of Salt and Pepper, Fifty Shades, <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, have any of you guys seen it? Seen it? Seen it? N- no, but I'm going to see it. You are? Oh, okay. yes. All right. For, ja- for Jamie Dornan. Okay. Um, who, you know, who, who's a real actor. I mean... He's the real deal. Yeah. Well, because none of us would have seen it for today, I thought maybe we could crowdsource a little bit of reviewing. So I'm going to read some of my favorite lines from the review in the New Yorker magazine this week. Anthony Lane reviews it. And as you can imagine, the New Yorker takes a dim view of, of this movie and the book and pretty much by implication anyone that would go see it. And yet I know we have many, many Satellite Sisters who read and enjoyed the books. Leon is not in that group, but who read and enjoyed the books and probably went to see the movie this weekend. And so if I would like alternative points of view about this mm. movie posted on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, um, Sheila, you should feel free to do that too. But in Anthony Lane's review of, um, of Fifty Shades of Grey in The New Yorker, he actually calls it the Downton Abbey of bondage. You know, that it's pretty much sort of a cleaned up, polite uh, version of bondage. And uh, that, uh, but he calls out, who did you say? You're a guy, right? Uh, Jamie Dornan. Jamie Dornan. And here's what he writes about Jamie Dornan. Dornan is no stranger to wickedness. In the fall, a BBC drama that shows on Netflix, he is a serial killer, armed with a rasping beard, his native Belfast accent, and roughly 10 times the sexual allure that he projects in Fifty Shades. So I hope you won't be disappointed that uh, they think he's slightly less sexy here. Oh, well, he is a god in the fall. I mean, he's... Really? He is incredible. So I suggest you see that just for him. Um, but yes, I mean, I, I assumed that the movie would be really watered down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing that they write is the global appeal of the novel has led some fans to hallow it as a classic, but all due respect, it is not to be confused with Madame Bovary. Rather, Fifty Shades of Grey is the kind of book that Madame Bovary would have read. Yet we should not begrudge E.L. James her triumph, for she has, in her lumbering fashion, tapped into a truth that often eludes more elegant writers. That eternal disappointment, deep in the human heart, at the failure of our loved ones to acquire their own helipad. 
<laughs> so I guess he's this Christian Grey is like a rich guy with a lot of toys. Um, and uh, so then it's so here's what it says. Just to wrap up, Fifty Shades of Grey is being released for Valentine's Day. That's a bold move since the film is not just unromantic, but specifically anti-romantic. <laughs> right. Take your Valentine along by all means, but be warned. It'll be like watching Rosemary's Baby at Christmas. So, Aww. okay, this, this is one man's point of view in one magazine. I suspect we can get many, many different points of view on this uh, and that the Satellite Sisterhood. Wouldn't you assume, Sheila, that across the Satellite Sisterhood? Oh, yes. People we, have seen and enjoyed the movie just as they read and enjoyed the books. Oh, There's, yes. We have to get out in numbers and start start our own 46 <laughs> questions about... Fifty Shades of Grey. I think they've got plenty of numbers. I think that there's no <laughs> doubt that, you know, they've already had 100 million people read the books. So um, Yeah, she's got a lot of followers. So Yeah. So if you are one of them, go to the Satellite Sisters Facebook group and let us know what you think. I think, you know, I think lots of times movies like this that are essentially for women our age, they get poo-pooed. And, but... Like if this is your fantasy and you're you enjoy stuff like this, go for it, right? We you don't you know yeah. we're not gonna let Anthony Lane tell us uh, what entertains us. So anyway, check that out. Check um, it out. Check it out. But so my New Year's Eve, uh, my Valentine's Day rather, uh, was uh, I did have a date. Um, I I spent the evening with Edward Snowden. Oh, this. The, uh, so have either of you guys seen that movie, Citizen Four, the documentary about Edward Snowden? Yes. I saw it a couple of weeks ago. And what did you think, Monica? Well, you know what's so fascinating about it is everything that's happened to him, um, you know, exiled in Russia and, you know, he's wanted and he's a fugitive. It's just so interesting that you're able to go back and see the very beginning of the story. Mm -hmm. That's what makes the documentary so fascinating. It's the actual, it's the moment he is telling these journalists what he knows about the NSA. So mm -hmm. it's just like looking back into history about a fascinating story. Right, right. How it, something yeah. actually started. You know, one of the things that really struck me as I was watching it is last month when that awful attack took place at Charlie Hebdo, you know, in Paris, mm -hmm. um, it really kind of opened my minds that we, like the people, see, we seem to want two different things. You know, the government knew that those guys were bad guys, but they didn't have them under total surveillance. And so people were outraged that they weren't being like permanently surveilled. Mm -hmm. But then to know more about those guys and everybody else that could possibly be a threat, we'd all have to be agreeing to thousands, if not millions of people under complete surveillance, which is also something we don't want. You know, yeah. you can't expect to know everything about the bad guys unless they're sort of knowing everything about everyone to figure out who the bad guys are. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really complicated for me. I was just like the, though I would tell you one thing that the, uh, as soon as I got out of there, it really makes you want to turn off your webcam, turn off your cell phone, disable Skype. Maybe I'll give back. This week, there was a news story that the Samsung smart TVs, I just bought one of those, <laughs> yeah. that they can actually hear what you're saying in your living room because they have the controls where you can say, like, change the channel or do this. Yeah. 
but they're, you know, you, did you read that story, Monica? They can hear what? everything. They're recording everything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, and how many times do you log on to Facebook now that, you know, they keep asking me for my phone number? No, Facebook, I'm not giving you my phone number. I'm just not going to do that. So it, I, it kind of raised my consciousness in a way, like on the one hand, it feels like it's too late. We've already lost so many basic rights, but you know, at the end of the movie, um, Snowden says that it really, to him, it doesn't matter what negative effects it has on his life because he knew that what he wanted to do was, like, start this debate and let people know what was real. And then you also hear from President Obama saying that a legal review needed to take place of all of these laws and all of their surveillance, but that Snowden stealing and sharing all the documents was not really the way to provoke that review or conduct that review. Obviously, Edward Snowden felt like he had to do something that radical in order to get any of us to know what he wanted us to know about the NSA, and the administration disagrees with that. So, uh, so yeah, that was quite quite a, uh, a Valentine's Day night for me. Just me, me well, and Ed Snowden. My- Monica, I think you're safe because your answering machine doesn't even record messages. <laughs> you're right, Sheila. And you never, you never answer your cell phone. So I, I think you're okay. Your privacy is still contained. Yeah, Monica, I would place you at the very, very edge of the grid. It's possible, it's possible that you might not have come to the NSA's attention yet. Whereas, uh, Sheila, you and I, you should just assume that the NSA already knows the answer to your 36 questions. Right. I know. That's a little scary, Liz. They know that uh, about you. Um, I also saw the movie Paddington this week on a a lighter note, and I would highly recommend that. I was was on a long, long, long plane ride. I had already seen a couple of serious movies, and I thought... I could, it's, a, it's Friday night. I'm coming home. I could use a little Paddington in my life, but uh, super funny, very entertaining, highly recommend. And one last movie we want to talk about, just because, you know, the one of the stars of it was in the news. Everyone's probably heard the news about the sudden death of David Carr, who was the media reporter at the New York Times. And I'm sure both of you guys have read David Carr's columns over the years, right? We not only read David Carr, I, I, he's one of my heroes, but we sort of met David Carr on the blue carpet at the Independent Spirit Awards many years back. Right, Monica? That's right. When he did, there was that period of time at the New York Times when he was the carpet bagger. Oh, so yeah. So he covered all of the films and the award season. And Sheila and I, you know, for one day, we were entertainment reporters there on the blue carpet, and I saw the carpet bagger. He was, like, running away from the blue carpet. He had, like, you know, a big black coat on, and we said, we're like, David, David, we're like carpet bagger. <laughs> we love you, David. <laughs> screamed to people, and I think he said something to us. He did. He did acknowledge us, yeah. um, uh, unlike everybody else we yelled at. <laughs> Well, I think that's what people loved about David Carr. Yeah. You could tell he was a real man of the people. Uh, so, he was wonderful. So if you're not familiar with his work and you don't want to go back into the New York Times archives and dig up all of his pieces, he was in a documentary called Page One. This came out in 2011. Page One, Inside the New York Times. And he is one of the featured New York Times um, writers in the documentary. And so if you watch the movie, you can – 
totally see what made him so captivating. You know, he's charming, he's funny, he's fascinating. You know, he had this piercing intellect, but also never came across as intellectual. You know, he was just very different than what you would have expected. Whatever your image is of a serious New York Times journalist, uh, David Carr was not any of that. So um, he's someone whose writing was always lively and enjoyable. And if you want to get a sense for her, his personality, I would recommend uh, page one inside the New York Times if you like documentaries. Um, okay, so uh, here we are. We're kind of at the end of the show. Uh, so w- w- what's going on this week? Uh, big events? Anyone? Anyone? Well, I have the week off. It is uh, ski week at my school. And um, so I am going to be doing a lot of personal uh, reflection, a lot of uh, planning. Uh-huh. I will make an appointment with my tax accountant, Monica. <laughs> I will do that. And um, I am just going to enjoy every second of my new makeup and uh, find opportunities for personal growth is what I'm working on this week. <laughs> and weren't you assigned on behalf of the sisters to work on the Leon's birthday party plan? Oh, well, Leon's birthday party plan. Let's talk about that because yeah, we can talk here. We can talk about it. Leon is, is turning a major milestone um, on Thursday, is it? The 19th. 19th. And so basically I was planning I, I with her, one of her very good friends, just, I wanted to acknowledge it. And her, her very good friend, Susan came up to me at school and mentioned a couple of ideas. She, Susan, her best friend, Susan is, I think the nicest person in the whole world. I mean, <laughs> basically if there was an award for that, she would receive it. So she threw out a couple of quick ideas. How about something like a hot air balloon surprise trip? I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking that would not be Leanne's first choice? She, she said, okay, let's do a movable feast where we start in Pasadena and we end up in Malibu. And I said, Susan, you're a lot younger than me. But uh, I'll tell you, when you're a certain age, you do not want to move anywhere. You just want to sit. <laughs> um, so I shot that down. Um, but so basically what's happening is I don't know what Leanne's friends are doing, if they will surprise her. I, uh, good luck. I mean, because. Well, Leanne says she keeps telling her friends, please don't do anything. It's not that she has a problem with turning 50. It's that she feels like she had the big celebration when we went to the Galapagos together and that she's kind of not a big birthday person. So thank you for thinking of me, but I don't need a party. Well, I, I think that's wrong. I think when you, you, we've all turned 50 and you have to do something either positive or negative, (laughs) but you have to mark, hopefully positive. (laughs) You, you have to mark that day in some way you do, because after that, it is all downhill. And for one day, you want to just go out. I mean, it's your swan song. And I, <laughs> it's not your swan song. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Well, um, Monica, I believe we have all deputized Sheila to make the call on this, right? Right. Yeah, what do you, yeah I know. So, 
I have a special mystery gift that I've organized for her from the sisters. Okay. Uh, and that's a good thing. You can buy one gift and split it four ways. Okay. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I think she will enjoy. That's the thing. To enjoy and acknowledge um, your best self. Yes. Which, <laughs> I won't add to that. Just your best self. All right, but uh, but listeners, everyone in the Satellite Sisterhood, uh, February nineteenth, the big day for Leanne. So you can you can find her on Facebook at the Satellite Sisters group or her own. Uh, you know, she's Leanne Dolan on Facebook. She she's easy to find. Shower her with love. Yes, yes. And Monica, what's your plan for this week? Well, I am going on a road trip. I'm going to Grants Pass, Oregon. Oh, uh, I have to go there for work. And so I was searching for like hmm, things to do in Grants Pass, Oregon. Well, the obvious thing is the Rogue River runs through Grants Pass, but mm-hmm. the Rogue River in February, it's just not the, <laughs> it's not a good time to get on the Rogue River yeah. in any kind of water. Some kind of solo kayaking <laughs> adventure. So I looked, you know, I was searching on a map. So I have three choices. One is visit the Oregon Vortex. Now, this is a spot in Oregon where apparently there's a vortex there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Some sort of magical spot off the road. There's like a crooked house and you take a tour (laughs) and you're supposed to feel the vortex within. That's That's so Oregonian. It is. I might, a, a friend of mine said he thought it was really cool when he was 10 years old. So <laughs> <laughs> might go there. The other, another choice was the Oregon caves, which, you know, I'm not a spoiler. No. Mm-hmm. The thought of a cave gives me the heebie-jeebie. So I'm not going to be going to the Oregon <laughs> caves. And then my third uh, choice is the wildlife sanctuary. And this is this wildlife rehab sanctuary where you can meet nubs the badger (laughs) this this is after valentine's day this just sounds so depressing (laughs) no it's okay this is where john kitzhaber is working now sheila (laughs) cody the grizzly bear and Ms. Jefferson, the bald eagle. (laughs) I listen. I think the lighting in the caves might be similar to the radiology unit. Maybe you should stick with that. (laughs) Just stay in the cave till the right mate comes along. Yes, it's in jammer. I mean, I don't know if that's a whole day meeting Nubs the Badger and Cody. No, it's not. It's not. Go back to your motel and turn on Netflix. <laughs> and watch The Fall with Jamie Dornan. That's all I can say. I think that's what I'm going to do, Sheila. I think I'm going to skip uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and just watch The Fall. Though tonight I'm going to watch, isn't tonight the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary show? I think that sounds like that's good. The uh, But then maybe I'll just sign up for The Fall. For You, you have to see it. Ooh, okay. that's intense. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been uh, a very complete post-Valentine's Day recap of love and loss and <laughs> badgers and things. And so, con- concealers. And concealers, yes. Concealers. It's a must-have. It's, 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 it's a must-have. I mean, basically, the only thing I turned down was the lip gloss. I, I, that's the only thing I said no to. 
just stop talking about the makeup. <laughs> Maybe if anything is still in the package, you could give it to Leanne for her birthday. Just no way. That. No, I spent a whole afternoon working on that palette, <laughs> keeping it. Anyway, we are the Satellite Sisters. We have a Facebook page. We encourage you to go there and like us there. We also have a Facebook group. You can join there, and that way uh, you can be part of the conversation. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Sat Sisters. And the best place to listen to us, you can download our podcast from iTunes or at Stitcher. And if either place, if you can rate us and review us or whatever they let you do, um, all of that is good for us. So so here we go. This has been a very full show. Uh, thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Monica. Uh, we are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.